Welcome back to our first episode of Fin 15 this year. Let me tell you, Griffin, as if I need to say your name, even though you're the only other co-host, it feels good to be back in the saddle. So much has already transpired this year. Any New Year's resolutions coming in for you? Resolutions. Resolve. Um, You know, I felt pretty good about last year, and I feel like I've spent a good chunk of the past five, ten years on lifestyle design. Um, so I feel like I I don't need to change my habits and my lifestyle too much. I feel really good. I feel like they're dialed in where there's room for opportunity. I think it's always better sleep, less alcohol, and being a more empathetic human. I like those. Um, mine are similar. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get more sleep trying to reset that circadian rhythm cold showers are in this year oh yeah yeah they work i hate that they work they do but they do yeah i was cold plunging a lot last year um i do enjoy it i do enjoy it my last one would be writing a lot more not just you know one two three paragraphs in the journal in the morning or at night that are just hot trash probably doing some more deeper reflection writing and just putting more notes on paper to tell a better story i dig that from one writer to another that should be our collective goal at at all times when the sun's up when the sun's down hundo 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 (laughs) i love it i love it be healthy this is this is uh well you know we could think about reflections we launched our podcast last year we launched our resources page of our website and we're turning into a bit of a content powerhouse for a small team um we're revving a four-cylinder engine and you know we're going upstream during spawning season so i'm proud of that we have achieved nine episodes recorded and this is number 10 we're cpas content powerhouse aces We have come a long way. Um, so should we should we dive into this year? Since uh, we didn't really do a reflection episode, we might as well just uh, just forge forward into the future. Yeah, I feel like once we pass January 6th, people don't think about 2023. The insurrection day is burned into our brain. And now we're recording this in the 9th. People are already, they're already thinking about February. So there's nothing to reflect on other than let's let's take this year by the bull horns and uh herd some cattle get that lasso going and giddy up let's do it giddy up should we talk about the the sec and the x account sure sure well so multiple news outlets released an inaccurate story after uh the official x sec account um basically posted a tweet claiming that the regulators had approved bitcoin etfs for the first time when in fact they had not uh, our boy Gary Gensler said the agency's account on X was "quote unquote" compromised and denied a prior post that they'd signed off on a slate of pending Bitcoin ETF applications. <laughs> I don't know why I said our boy. I don't know Gary, but Gary, he's got a Gary great the name. Slime ball. Gary the slime ball. Gary uh, the slime ball. Dude, he's just he's just manipulating the market. Uh, there's so many good tweets uh, out there. I mean, you almost can't make it up. I think the general sentiment is that. An SEC intern had the tweet drafted, ready to go live at 1.05 p.m. PST tomorrow, and it went live prior. And then Gary said 
that it was hacked. So Fox Fox Business says they actually need to go in and the SEC is going to have to do internal investigation about that, which I think is just absolutely hilarious. Um, and the, the, you know, the tweet says, the SEC government Twitter account was compromised and an unauthorized tweet was posted. The SEC has not approved the approved the listing and trading of spot Bitcoin exchange trade traded products. Uh, you, you can't you can't make that up. And then secondly, I think everyone keeps responding to the, the tweet on October 16th, which was from the from the U.S. Uh, SEC. Careful what you read on the internet. The best source of information about the SEC is the SEC. So I can't tell if we're getting psyops or punked or just, you know, I, I don't really know what's going on, but it's pretty fascinating to see the large green candle on Bitcoin and Ethereum go crazy high. And then once that news happened, it dumped. So the leverage traders got wiped out on both ends. But we do have a, BT, a, a, a Bitcoin ETF approval coming tomorrow, likely, or this week. Um, and our parents will finally be able to acquire uh, more assets through the ETF instead of having to create a wallet and go into Coinbase and, and get brutalized. Hey, kids, your dad got drunk and uh, he spent your college fund on leverage ETFs of Bitcoin. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See you tomorrow, kids. Giddy up. Giddy up, <laughs> yeah. kids. Um, so the SEC is going to therapy, right? I guess, but they're their own therapist. I mean, it's just so crazy they, that they can't give clear definition on what is a security. Um, there's just too, Gary's in the pocket of too many people, and he was in SBF pocket. He was in Elizabeth Warren's pocket. Who knows? He was in a pocket square. Uh, he is a pocket square. God damn it, Gary. GG. GG Hadid. GG. Well, you know, I feel like maybe 2024 has kicked off on an upward spiral or a bit bit of, bit of a screwball, if you will, because, you know, the SEC getting hacked or saying they got hacked when they screwed up is pretty insane. That'll be funny to see those results. By the time this recording goes out, we'll probably have some resolution there. But as an Alaska flight, uh, Alaska Airlines status holder and someone who loves the airline, um, I'm a little afraid to fly after these... Boeing 737 Maxes just are getting their doors ripped off the hinges. Boeing is going down, pun not intended, in that one. No one was injured, so that was good, right? Plane landed safely. Uh, you refused to watch the videos, but I've seen it, and thank God it was at 15,000 feet and not at cruising altitude because that would have probably been fatal. Do you know where they found the door plug? which was the, the faulty mechanism after it fell from the sky. It was not on the Hudson in New York where Sully crash landed because his flight was going to Ontario, right? Or from Portland to Ontario, I forget. Where, where, to tell me more. Tom Cruise man. and Rita Wilson's Gardner's F-150 pickup bed. Just kidding. It was actually in a Portland school teacher's backyard, which I find so cool. Actually, a science teacher, but I just, you know... God bless him. I, I love that. For yeah. Them. You want to know how much money Boeing's lost on those two crashes prior to this event? As Paul Giamatti would say, billions? Oh, yeah. 20.7 to be exact. So things aren't looking great. I think you're Alaska. It's a lot of boodle. A lot of, a lot of what? A lot of boodle. A lot of cheddar. 
Boodle. I don't think I know that one, but now Get I do. Used to it. I've learned something in 2024, everybody. Anyway, the FAA is investigating. We'll see what they say. It makes me not want to fly in a 737 Max. Um, if if you can, you know, just book all Airbus flights. I don't know how to even do that, but uh, good luck. Man, Boeing just, I feel like, as the kings of aviation, what do you do when, like, it's not. It's not like you can recall salmonella on your flights. It's like I gotta. I gotta ground all these planes. It's. It's. It's not uh, as easy peasy as it sounds. Um, I imagine that there's just gonna be an unlimited backlash here. People don't feel safe flying. It's already crazy enough that you can get into, you know, a a tin plane and just fly over the across the pond and wake up in Bruges. You know, this is wild enough. Yeah, and it's. It's definitely part of this broader trend towards just capitalism. Yeah, I mean, the that was a really dumb statement. But what I'm trying to say is Boeing used to be engineer-run, and over the years, probably the last 30 years, it has become more C-suite-driven, and this seems like the sort of outcome of, of what what happens when you give aboard the control and they're not engineers and you know airplanes take so long to develop and and buy and whatever you know what it takes decades right i mean so the, the you know these these planes are basically the result of probably 2000s decision making but it's a tragedy and it's really hard to course correct because you know these things have been in motion for so long so i mm-hmm. i don't know what this means for boeing but it's gonna cost them a lot of money. Okay. Well, so you're just gonna you're just gonna book Airbus flights, huh? That's your that's your Airbus. That's your that's your way to to not fly the seven thirty sevens. Well, there was nothing wrong with the old seven thirty sevens. That's what that's what I was thinking about today, and I felt stupid because I was like, I don't want to stop aircraft innovation, but like it's one of the most successful aircraft of all time. You know what I mean? It's honestly like if they hadn't done anything they'd be in a better position now. I don't know if that's like, tell me what like law that is. Like do less. Is that like, is this like, give me like the Rick Rubin take on like building fewer aircraft. Do less. Do less. Mm -hmm. I mean, as Edward Snowden would say, get your shit together, Gary. He did say that famously. Well, do you think Gary Gensler, uh, is pretty big on on cold plunge. He's he looks like he's cold plunges every morning. That's the look on his face. Huge Huberman Lab guy. Huge Huberman Lab. Uh, Doctor Peter Atia guy. Just you know, really looking to biohack his day to day so he can put assorted uh, supplements in his coffee and not eat till four p.m. and try and look jacked. Heal city population, Gary. <laughs> nice. Enough. Enough of this. Malarkey. Um, speaking of Malarkey and Mickey, see what I did there? Mickey Mouse Mickey. is now public domain. What do you think of that? You're you're so fine. You're so fine. You're Mickey. Hey 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 Mickey. Is is are you? Is this a Mickey Avalon song? No, I mean I did see Dirt Nasty, not not so maybe like two months ago in L.A. But that was a a Wayne's World joke before. Uh, I've seen it too. I don't remember that. That's you're you're that's, you're too young. 
Despite your attempts to derail me, after 95 years of fierce copyright protection, Mickey Mouse is, yes, public domain. The mouse has already appeared in a horror movie and video game trailers. We've seen wild memes depicting Mickey stirring the Titan submersible and even an AI generator trained on 96 stills from 2000, 2008. No, 1928. The only version of Mickey that's currently in public domain is the one depicted in Steamboat Willie. Will this lead to a greater discussion about IP and copyright laws? I think so. Um, I was educated, educated on the fact that co- uh, on the fact that Congress has extended copyright law multiple times until the 1970s. Copyright terms only lasted 56 years. But Congress retroactively extended the term of older works to 75 years in 76, and then in 98 just weeks before works from 1923 were scheduled to fall into the public domain. President Clinton signed into legislation legislation retroactively extending the term of older works to 95 years, locking up them in 1923 or later for another 20 years. Basically, this seems like a giant cash grab from all those 20th century MFers who are just holding on to our money. Those boomers. They are. I mean... I don't think a lot of people know that NASA is public domain. So if you ever go to a PacSun or any of those stores and you see like, why are they selling all these NASA hoodies um, and not puka shells? No, but seriously, they, they, uh, NASA is a good example of public domain. Anyone can use the logo for, for profit, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, the IP stuff, IP versus CCO is definitely a, a big debate within the NFT world. Um, a good example is Board API Club, who um, everyone you know the, owns the IP of of the uh, JPEG and the character that they have, and they can extend that into to any business, whether it be honey, a restaurant, clothing, soap, whatever it is. Um, and a, a project that I hold called Moonbirds did the opposite; they went CCO, um, Kevin Rose and his team, and have never recovered from the backlash. And so people want I they want they want that IP. They want to be able to to do what they will with it whether they're Steamboat Willie or um you know I don't I don't know anything that rhymes with Willie right now except for silly. A milli a milli a milli <laughs> a millionaire. Yeah, I mean Lil Wayne the the Carter. Yeah. I wonder I wonder what's going to happen with Bob Iger and and Disney this year after Elon basically chastised him for not spending on X. Uh, it'll be funny. I think. I think. I think Disney's gonna have a big year in streaming. I think so too. But let's just hope Elon doesn't end up like Matthew Perry in a in a ketamine pool. I know he's gotta he's gotta stop with the horse trank and focus on rebuilding his Twitter bank. What do we think's gonna happen to X? I think X is just hemorrhaging so bad. SpaceX is make so much money. Um, there's other activities where he could do better and not pay the high APR to the creditors who helped him buy X. Um, yeah, man. Um, I think he ends up selling it at some point. Well, that, that interest just, on that just, debt going to be racking up. I know. he broke it. He broke it too bad. He should just shut up and be grateful. Be grateful. Be grateful. Be grateful. 
grateful. Speaking of grateful, though, we should be grateful for the Safdie brothers' movies they made together because they are no longer making them together. Benny Safdie confirmed the quote-unquote amicable breakup with his brother Josh in an interview with Variety, calling it a quote-unquote natural progression of what we want, of what we each want to explore. Um, that makes sense. You know, Benny's been in Licorice Pizza, now in the... Curse. The Curse. Um, God, I'm blanking. I think, I think, I think Benny's just, I think Josh is mad that Benny has better hair and Josh's hair looks like it's kind of glued on. Uh, but I'm a fan, really big fan of Good Time. Uh, Uncut Gems are also awesome. The Curse, I'm a huge Nathan Fielder fan. The first two episodes, this, I can't get past episode two. So I don't know if something's wrong with me, but it's some, something's off. I have not watched it yet, and it's because Nathan Fielder makes me really uncomfortable. I didn't love the rehearsal. I love seeing clips of it, but I just can't, like, I can't withstand it for extended periods yeah. of time. It, yeah. It's just, there's, it's, there's just a lot of pain. It, it's just, it's very painful unless you're a sick bastard like me, so. You're the real dirt nasty. You're the new, you're, you're the new Simon Rex. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we'll say a, he, actually, he he lives out he lives out in uh, Joshua Tree. Oh yeah, a real real hippie. Real hippie. He does, by the way. Uh, okay. Well, should we jump into our twenty twenty four predictions? Yeah, you wanna you wanna take us take us through the the beginning of this year? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, I actually we we sent an, a message to a mailbag from. Alex Johnson from FinTech Takes. Love that guy. Um, that guy really pumps out the content and has a cool uh, cool deal with Workweek. He takes points in companies. He's got a podcast. Uh, pretty strong voice uh, and somewhat of a crystal ball in the space. Anyway, we asked him, um, you know, the, the guru and erudite scholar that he is, what trends does he see for embedded lending in 2024? More broadly, I see the most potential for growth in verticalized B2B lending. The owners of dentist offices and law firms that don't want to deal with bankers to get loans. Vertical software for these verticals is finally achieving significant enough penetration that the company to exploit them as distribution channels for commercial loans will start to be viable at scale in 2024. Exciting stuff. Interesting from his perspective. I think I think vertical stats is is a great way to tackle embedded lending as we've done with restaurants recently with Fox ordering. But I don't, if you're a dentist or a law firm, aren't you going to go to a bank or a credit union likely since you're probably in better financial health and credit standing than, you know, a company who does need kind of convenience capital. I don't know. I kind of agree and disagree. I agree with the verticalized piece, but I don't agree with those verticals he mentioned. What do you think? Well, I think, Two things. I, I agree with both of you. One is that these sort of law firms and dentist offices, let's just say they're like family practices, right? They're on the smaller side. I think that administratively they're they're very bogged down by big decisions. And that takes, you know, oftentimes whoever's running the practice, right, is is the doctor or lawyer themselves, right? So I think, you know, it's sort of like having thirty choices in a supermarket, right? versus having six, uh, I think we w will pay a higher price for a more curated outlook. We're really excited for 2024. Uh, I think Tento has some really exciting news to drop, hopefully, 
in January or February, which may or may not involve one of the largest e-commerce platforms in the world. So stay tuned as we embed worldwide. Embed worldwide. Prestige worldwide. Worldwide. That is exciting. Should we move on to some culture? Yeah, let's do it. Um, My prediction is that we have not seen the end of the strikes play out economically yet. Uh, there's going to be fewer series and films this year. That's for sure. But uh, I think more expensive contracts means more expensive labor, which means companies may spend less on creating TV shows. I just don't think we really know what's going to happen. It's sort of like how the COVID cycle has not really played out. We're still we're still learning a lot about supply chains and you know that the works the worst the worst economic downturn in you know like arguably since the Great Depression. I don't know Great Recession. We'll say we'll put it in top three. Right? It's too soon to tell. I feel you. What about? I feel like you had a hot take on Max on HBO Max. Yeah, I was reading the story of why they got rid of the HBO and the CEO is like, you know, applying like business school tactics to taking HBO out. The, basically, they they thought it was a binary or the board, whoever. It's either HBO or it's Max. And that just seems like a... This is why branding firms exist. Like, I just think brands are bad at self-reflection and they should have sought some sort of external opinion on this. But HBO was such a flagship brand and I'm so astounded that they decided to abandon it because Cinemax, right, is nothing. I didn't even, I only knew Cinemax because it was a prime channel that had like an old Brian De Palma movie on it once in a while. Like, I don't think really people knew that. So point is brands have equity and you shouldn't just blow them to pieces. Yeah. I've been interesting. They've been really pushing sports and kind of like live TV in there a little bit. It'll be interesting to see how that manifests. Um, but they're trying to compete for our attention, like another uh, cultural icon these days, which is TikTok. Um, I think your prediction was that TikTok will continue to compete for our attention. Um, I agree with you, sadly. Uh, it, it's it's the best algorithm. It's the best channel. You don't You can't really pick what you watch. It just serves it up to you. It's pretty genius. You know, TikTok's known for having the best algorithm. The downside is I do think China's spying on us through there. So I understand why there's concern um, from the government level. Um, and I also understand if you're a parent and your son or daughter or anyone in your family is spending all their time buried in the TikTok app, how that can have negative effects based on the trends, the dances, crazy things people do. Um, is there a lot of gold in there? For sure. But maybe, in my opinion, the gold uh, is outweighed by some of the downside. Could you imagine having a child who's like hooked on Jordan Peterson all day? Oh, God. I I, yeah. <laughs> I can't. Uh, or I can, and I don't, I don't want to. I was just joking. I don't know who Jordan Peterson is. Yeah, gas, light. Do you really not? No. I don't believe you, but... Despite this, it's not so much a prediction. It's it, this is an unfun prediction. I apologize, but I do think that 
as streaming services become more expensive, people will resort to free content, i.e. TikTok. And just like my supermarket analogy, there's less choice on TikTok. You just swipe. So yeah, let our psychological experiment ensue. I think, uh, I think Bitcoin will hit 100K in 2024. What is it at now? I think it's like at 46,000. Can you back this up? The old high was like 62 or 63K. Um, I think the bull run in crypto started. Rates are going to get cut a little bit in March, some bips. So we'll see. That's just, I'll, I'll back it up. I, I, th- we don't want to talk about crypto in this podcast, you know? Crypto. Uh, we want to talk about digital assets, bro. And we want to talk about physical assets that we want. I want to buy a house this year. Tell me about the economy. Well, I am no guru, but I I can read. So get ready. Last year, obviously, there was 20-year highs in mortgage rates. Uh, you, were, you were in the market for buying a home. You held off wisely. Low levels of inventory mean that sellers will continue to have the upper hand. It's, it's, uh, it's not a buyer's market, that's for sure. Um, rates are down this year, obviously. It really depends on the Fed. But if they drop even more... I think that the pent-up demand will be like a, a a small dam breaking. I mean, what I've seen, at least here in the L.A. area, most homes are going for twenty-five fifty to 150K under asking. So in my opinion, you know, if I, even if I have a high rate, I don't have to compete maybe right now if I, if I go in uh, in the next six months. But... I actually talked to someone who I know works at Redfin, and she was like, wait a year. Um, but it's tough to say in the markets that we live in because competition's so fierce, lack of inventory, and a bunch of psychopaths with uh, a, lot of, a lot of quids in their pocket they can just throw down at any time. So I don't know, man. Whoops, I just dropped my phone because I was looking up real estate listings right next to you. I'm going to move right next door. <laughs> Hi, Griffin. Good morning, Griffin. Dude, I dig it, man. We could play some, we could kick it. We could kick it locally. I actually was just walking by my favorite restaurant, Eleni Oyster Bar, yesterday, and I saw, I saw, um, Rostem just sitting outside, scrolling on his phone, hanging with his dog. Love Rostem. Talented producer, talented composer. Hell yeah. Rostem seems like a great dude. I uh, yeah. didn't. I didn't know he lived in Silver Lake, but I would assume he does. No, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the song "Blake's Got a New Face" of the first Vampire Weekend album was made after a kid I went to high school with named Blake. Um, oddly enough, because one of my friends, a girl I went to high school with, dated Ezra um, when she was in college at Columbia. But I digress. Let's talk about. Stunks. Stunks. The stunk market. Uh, I'm just fascinated by the fact that seven stocks were basically responsible for most of the stock market growth last year. We obviously saw a lot in play. Basically, Elon Musk right, made Mark Zuckerberg look like a, a gosh darn saint uh, in comparison to his behavior. Uh, Meta, what a wild card. Up, down, up. 
but the end was not nigh for tech stocks. Um, so last April, Steve Eisman of the big short fame speculated that tech might soon lose its dominant place atop the stock market. His argument was something like this. Tech companies live off borrowed money to grow and develop moonshot products that could generate big profits far in the future. And in the zero-rate pre-pandemic era, investors were happy to wait for those profits because tech companies were growing like crazy, and it seemed like a sure win. The gist is that in a world of higher rates, investors would favor companies that are highly profitable now, but because of rising costs of borrowing, that would kneecap tech companies dependent on cheap capital to grow. I mean, think about Uber trying to basically just be deficit-spending all of the 2010s, right? I don't know if they'd be able to do that with rates like this. Anyway, Eisman's prediction has not come to prediction. Um, and speaking of these Magnificent Seven, as they're called, that's Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, Meta, Microsoft, Tesla, and NVIDIA. And they carry the stock market by rising almost 75% year to date. Isn't that just wild? I mean, if you, you got to have your apples in the Amazon. And if you don't know the Alphabet, you don't know the Meta. And if you have Microsoft, you got Windows to roll down your Tesla and your NVIDIA graphics card. With my auto-driving Tesla, I'll be in the metaverse with YouTube Premium playing me great ad-free Mozart. I love it. In the jungle. Is that the? Are you referring to Guns N' Roses? No, it's referring to Mozart in the Jungle, the TV show based off of a book that features Gail Garcia Bernal on Amazon Prime. Amazon. <laughs> Amazon Prime. Amazon. God bless the Spanish. We love you. Um, anyway, why why does this matter? Profits boomed and investors also became obsessed with AI. The gold rush is what we'll call it. We'll call it a gold rush. Anyway, shares of Microsoft, seen as an AI leader, obviously with their share in OpenAI, have risen by 55% year-to-date. AI chip designer NVIDIA raked in $18.1 billion in Q3. That's up 237%. Wild. I'm just going to keep saying wild. Who knows whether they will live up to investors' expectations, but all this speculation about tech losing its dominance or whatever you want to call it seems like it's premature, probably wrong. My, pr my prediction, which is just a thought, it's just a shower thought, is that yeah. Once again, no one knows what's going on. And I am astounded by hedge fund managers and mutual fund managers and everyone managing money to think that they can beat the stock market. But anyway, some do. Good for you. But yeah, I'm buying well, Bitcoin. If it's any consolation of not knowing what's going on, during this podcast recording, I got a, a cold email from a lady named Bree Jacoby. Hi, Griffin. I saw that you are based in near the Los Angeles area as my. I've been featured on Business Insider, Vice, and Departures as the parentheses go-to girl for personally curating the wardrobes of successful individuals such as yourself. It's the new year, so it's my job to create a new style that's reflective of who you are and what message you want to convey in 2024. Let me hear about your style goals. If we meet, I guarantee that'll be the best thing to hit your wardrobe. And only for the rest of January, I'll give you a $5,000 credit toward my Bree Spoke package as a new client. I listed my additional services below. Let me know if you have 10 minutes for a call. I can also text if easier. 
what was below the break. My January intro services for you will include one hour closet edit, one hour one-on-one shopping experience and custom clothing from Brie Spoke, styling looks of Brie items so you can see on your phone or desktop, and email. Please tell me what you think of that. Brie Spoke? I, I hate the word bespoke anyway, and putting a pun in it makes me a little nauseous. But you know what? What's another ten grand? Am I right? I Blow mean, it all, man. <laughs> like, should I take it as a compliment that she thinks I'm successful, or should I take it as a slap in the face as someone who thinks that they have pretty decent style and fashion sense that I'm gonna let somebody be my personal shopper? What are they nuts? I enjoy doing that myself. You sent me some of those those fits you were thinking about. You know those casual suits. They were pretty great. Uh, and, and I don't. Yes, one for one for leisure and one for pleasure. Leisure. I yeah. Extreme makeover Griffin edition. Crazy man, crazy. Well, that leads us up to the end. All be all. One of our favorite pastimes as episode ten is fins up and fins down. So shall we start with uh, the first one? Jimmy Kimmel, Aaron Rodgers conflict. What do we think? Fins <laughs> up, fins down. Okay, big fins down. Aaron Rodgers just, you know, tearing his Achilles, pretending to be an expert on the efficacy of our vaccines. He used the word um, efficacy like five times during the Pat McAfee show today. Uh, just... Just it, you know, his family doesn't talk to him. If that's any uh, reflection of of who he is, um, Jimmy, Jimmy hasn't been relevant for a while. So uh, I don't, I, I don't think we want anyone to be on Epstein's list. But I don't care about either of them. I'm tired of them. Fins down. Really, I'm like fins up. It's so petty drama. I love it. I mean, I don't think it's important, but it's important for for reminding us that there are much more essential things to our lives every day than, than this. I don't, it makes me, it warms my heart a little bit, but maybe I'm, I'm also a a sick bastard. You're you're a sick puppy. Well, speaking of puppies, Google trends has a trends time capsule, which is really cool where you can see trends over the past, like 15 or 20 years, 2023, the top five dogs, bulldog, German shepherd, Labrador Retriever, Poodle, Golden Retriever. Give me your thumbs up of any of those dogs and your thumbs down of one of those dogs. Wait, hold up. Well, I need, I'm a visual learner. I need to pull Bulldog, this. Bulldog, German Shepherd, Labrador Retriever, Poodle, Golden Retriever, which is the same trends of 2020 Google searches for dogs. Exactly. What? I mean, I love labs. I grew up with one. They're just good family dogs I'm, I'll go thumbs up for just that one I think poodles have their problems poodles the pee pee the pee pee problems yeah what about you I'm gonna go my sister just got actually bitten by a pit bull so I'm just down on the scary dogs like the German shepherds and the bulldogs um, even though the bulldogs aren't too scary so I'm gonna say down on German shepherds and bulldogs and always up on on golden retrievers because they make me happy. They are just the the happiest dog, probably. They're the Scandinavians of dogs. They are. They are. I mean, they have 
high taxes, but a lot of else they're taken care of, right? Amen, brother. Amen. No mas. As Taco Bell would say, live mas. So in 2024, everybody, live mas. That's it for this episode. Fin 15, number 10. Later. Thanks for tuning in.